Welcome to the Open House Podcast. Conversations exploring life, faith and hope with Stephen O'Doherty. Pope Francis, whose church is facing sexual abuse crises in several countries, wrote an unprecedented letter to all Catholics this past week condemning the crime of priestly sexual abuse and its cover-up. In the highly personal letter addressed to the people of God, the Pope appeared to be launching an appeal for all Catholics to face that crisis together and not let it tear the Church apart. The Catholic Church in the United States, Chile, Australia and Ireland, where the Pope is in fact making a two-day visit, an island very different from the last time a Pope visited, are reeling from crises involving sexual abuse of minors and just as bad the cover-up. Numerous surveys have pointed to plummeting confidence in the Church in those countries and elsewhere. We're certainly not immune from that in Australia. In his letter, the Pope referred to the suffering endured by minors due to sexual abuse at the hands of, quote, a significant number of clerics and consecrated persons. Well, someone who's been involved in discussions about this for quite some time is Father Brian Lucas. For a long time, he was the secretary of the Australian Bishops' Conference. He's a trained lawyer, qualified lawyer, and also the national director of Catholic Mission in Australia. Brian, welcome back to Open House. Thanks very much, Stephen. Good to talk to you, as always. Is the Pope right? Did the Catholic Church let down the little children? Oh, there's no question that many people in the Church in various ways, in various places and at various times uh, let down children, uh, intruded into the lives of vulnerable adults and did very terrible, wicked things. There's no doubt about that. Uh, The Church, like every institution, is not immune from people who fail and fail very dramatically and, and we have to acknowledge that. Well, he, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a bit larger than that, though, isn't it? He says the church did that. So what responsibility do church leaders take for what, what the Pope has now uh, spoken plainly about? What we have to do, I think, is always understand language. Mm-hmm. And when we say the church, like if we talk about the church in Australia, that's five million Catholics. Uh, half of them weren't born at the time when these problems existed. It's hard to shoot home any blame to them. So what we've always got to do is to acknowledge, yes, individuals did the wrong thing and individuals are part of an organisation and collectively, because they're part of an organisation, that organisation itself has to face the reality and do what it needs to do to repair damage. Well, with respect, it is a little more than that, though, isn't it? Because that amounts to a bit of a you know bad apple sort of argument, which says it was the individuals that did the wrong thing. But we know in the case of the Catholic Church, quite plainly we know, that there were people around who knew what was going on but did not do a thing. And that's really well, what the Pope is saying, isn't he? And, and that's certainly the case. I mean, the wrong was not only the wrong done by individuals who abused children, there was wrong done by people who didn't respond adequately. No question about that. There's wrong at different levels. But we have to say who were the people who did that wrong? Uh, When did they do it? Uh, Try to understand why they did it, of course. And that's a very complex analysis. Hmm. It's pretty glib to say, oh, well, bishops knew what was going on and covered it up. Um, Police knew what was going on and didn't charge people. I mean, I had I had a personal experience. I used to deal with some of these sorts of cases of a particular religious brother where the provincial went to the police twice about rumours and was reassured by the police that investigated and there was no substance to it. 
So there were a lot of psychologists uh, who gave recommendations that the problem was not uh, as significant and severe as it turned out to be. So there's quite a deal of complexity in shooting home blame to people for what they, now in the light of 30 years of hindsight, uh, we think they should have done. And that's what we have to remember. What we're talking about in the Catholic Church are events that predate 1990. Mm. The Royal Commission's own figures showed a dramatic drop in the incidents um, in the 90s. Uh, because at that stage, uh, and again I know from my own personal involvement, was that the bishops in 1987 at their November plenary meeting in, in November in November 1987 um, started processes to institute protocols, bring about education, awareness raising, uh, and the incidence of this sort of behaviour dropped off dramatically. Now, um, as you said, you used to be, uh, and I think at one stage you were responsible indeed for handling these kinds of complaints. Uh, was it not in the Newcastle Diocese of the Catholic Church? Well, when I say I was responsible, I wasn't responsible, but I was able, because of some background, someone said to me one day, how long have you been involved in dealing with child abuse? I said, 40 years, right. uh, because in my past life, I worked in the Sydney Children's Courts. Hmm. So I, I had some um, some experience, which meant I could bring some experience and, and aid to bishops and to religious um, congregational leaders who were dealing with these problems. Mm. And one of the tasks that some of them gave me to do was particularly in cases of ambiguity, particularly cases where either victims refused to go to the police or where there'd been an acquittal, but we thought it was unsafe, um, or where there were rumours that the bishop had or religious leader had trouble dealing with, to speak to some of these men, uh, try to get to the truth of what happened and try to make sure we did things to keep children safe. Now, so I was involved and I gave evidence to the Canine Inquiry about this. Yeah, I've given yes, evidence indeed. three times to the Royal Commission about yes, this. That's right. We did our best to try to get these people um, uh, out of ministry so children would be kept safe. But, but there was the case of um, Father Farrell, John Joseph Farrell, I think, wasn't it? Um, oh. And, and you'd spoken to him, and in the Royal Commission, you were in fact asked why it was you didn't then go to police. Because the police knew about him. He'd been, he'd been arrested and charged and acquitted. The police knew about him. So whatever rumours were circulating, uh, one had a reasonable assumption that the police had chased down those rumours. He was well known to the police. Does that mean you don't go to police if you think they already know something? Don't you have an obligation? I mean, in a sense, isn't this, isn't this an example of the kind of thing that the Pope is pointing to? No, not, not in the slightest, Stephen, not in the slightest. Um, what was there to take? This man has been to court subsequently and has pleaded not guilty. Um, so in terms of having information uh, that was useful to the police, there was no such information. Was that something that you would do again? Absolutely. I mean, we can only go to the police if you've got something to tell them. Mm -hmm. And if I go to the police and say, look, um, Sergeant, this man was acquitted by a court, uh, but I don't think the court should have acquitted him, how does that take anything further? Well, the it, police already knew that. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not here to, to, to re-prosecute that case, but uh, I will say that I've spoken to a lot of people in the community who then go to the Philip Wilson case. For example, once again... Uh, there you have a case where he knew things and didn't come forward to police. Well... And, and it's this very thing that is really... Do, do you agree that it's this very thing that is leading the Catholic Church to be um, rightly criticised by, by, by uh, both Catholics and non-Catholics alike? 
Well, it's a case of looking at each case individually, and Archbishop Wilson's case will go on appeal. But one of the questions that people in the community might rightly ask is, why are you prosecuting the person who was told something when you're not prosecuting the person who told him, who should have gone to the police? Do you think Philip Wilson should not have been prosecuted? I don't know. I don't know the full facts of the matter, and and I'm not going to speculate uh, just based on newspaper-type talk. All I can say is that the, the, what, what facts have emerged in the paper was that he was told something by someone uh, and that 20 years later, when after a, a section of the Crimes Act had been introduced, mm. which created an obligation, mm-hmm. uh, he didn't act on the, what he was told. Yeah. Uh, but the person who told him didn't act on it either. All right, well, we can, we can almost leave the law to one side, but I, I guess I have a question around whether there's not a moral responsibility. Well, whatever about the moral responsibility, it would be not unreasonable, perhaps, for someone to say, well, look, I was told something, but gee, if the person who told me uh, wants this matter prosecuted by the police, uh, they have the right to do that. I mean, the Royal Commission itself had a policy uh, to respect the requests of victims, uh, to not refer matters that victims didn't want referred. Mm. Now, that, that's, this was one of the big dilemmas, Steve, and this is something that's very difficult to explain in the public forum. But for a lot of very good reasons, some victims don't want, didn't want the matters referred to the police. That's how I got involved in some of them, because I didn't want to go to the police. Because they wanted the church to do something about it, and you have to respect that. Indeed. And our guest is Father Brian Lucas um, with the Catholic Mission Organisation, now in charge of um, Catholic Mission, um, but formerly uh, Secretary of the Bishops' Conference and and a number of other roles within the church, a lawyer by background as well as a priest. Brian, I guess I do want to go to this question of the bishops themselves because uh, we've certainly spoken with Frank Brennan on this program about mm. uh, his concern that the bishops basically just don't get it. Um, well, that, that's, that's, a common, that's a common statement, mm. uh, and some bishops get it better than others. Mm. Uh, again, one of the questions is when we're talking about bishops who did the wrong thing, there's only one bishop currently operating as a bishop who was present at that plenary meeting in October 1987 when the bishops tried to get their act together. So all of the bishops who've become bishops since, who are currently bishops in Australia, uh, none of them were around in the years prior to 1987 before the bishops got their act together. So we've got to be careful which bishops we're, we're, we're uh, you know, criticising. Well, that in particular, the for, the, current... for example, the current the current bishops' conference, uh, we went to them on this question of Philip Wilson. Of course, there was no no comment from them other than. Well, well you, you can't. I mean, I've, I've probably chanced my arm saying even what I've said, and I'm probably going to be criticised for doing it because this is a case that's going on appeal, it's before the courts, uh, and it would be quite improper, particularly back some time ago well, when the case was still current. I don't think there's any uh, doubt about the facts, it's that. just a question of the well, law, isn't it? Well, I don't know what the I mean, that's why are. I'm asking you about the moral position, really. I mean, yeah. To stay yeah. out of the legal side of it, the moral position. Do you, do you think... I mean, isn't the Pope's letter an example, Brian? Sorry well, to press uh, the point. No, no, no. Look, I take your point, Stephen. Yeah. The Pope's letter says that if you know something, you have to act on it. That's no it. question about that. We've that's always it. done that to, to the best of our ability. Whether Archbishop Wilson, what he knew, when he knew it, what he remembered, all of that is... is contained in a judgment from a magistrate that we're not allowed to have access to. So I can't comment on any of that. Um, But what I can say is that just 
the, the, the glib throwaway that says, well, the bishops don't get it. I say some bishops don't get it. That's true. There are still some bishops who just don't fully grasp the magnitude of the issue or how best to respond to people who have been hurt. That's mm. true. Mm. And there are 40 of them, and you'd line them up from 1 to 40. Uh, one who gets it absolutely, down to number 40 who doesn't get it very much at all, and you can line them up in whichever order you like. And, and everyone's, you know, um, got to learn these lessons. Uh, and as soon as you sort of try and say, well, you know, that's Catholic bishops, but there's lots of other people in the community who still don't get it either. Uh, of course, that sounds like we're being defensive and in denial, which I don't want to be. So what we've got to do constantly, and this goes right back to the first presentation to the bishops in 1987, constantly raise awareness, constantly educate them, and sensitise them so that when people make complaints, they're dealt with appropriately. Well, thinking about the future, will that be enough? Well, well it's hard to know whatever is And enough. I suppose I should say, yeah. enough for what? Enough for people to again have confidence in the church. Well, well the, the statistics on that are very mixed. If you look at some of the, the statistics the National Church Life Survey have produced, depends on how you ask the question. You know, have you, you know, has your trust in the bishops in church leadership been diminished? Um, somewhere around 50%. Catholics said yes, and a bit less than that said no, and another group said they they didn't know. When you ask the question slightly differently, what about your you know your priest, your local parish priest? Mm. Uh, there's no diminishment of um, no serious diminishment of confidence in him, and this is this is very much the, the dilemma we've got in trying to deal with this. Most people know their parish priest, their pastor, their minister, the elders of their church, and they have confidence in them. Yes. It's this disembodied church leadership uh, that the narrative is about. So bishops covered up. That's a common thing. You read it everywhere. You hear it everywhere. Bishops covered up. Then you say, well, just a minute, which bishops? What did they do? When did they do it? And why did they do it? And when you start to unpack each of those questions, the whole thing becomes very, very murky. Well, well, it we does, Brian, do. but just with yeah. respect, for the victims themselves, who we we now hear from on a quite a regular basis, oh. clearly they don't think it's enough. Oh, of course not. Oh. Uh, and for some victims, survivors, whichever mm. word we want yes, to use, yes, good point. So, so some of them will never, ever be satisfied about anything. And that's because there's a hurt there that almost nothing you can think of of doing will take away that hurt. Um there are others, and we had this experience through the various church redress schemes. I mean, the Catholic Church redress schemes go back to the mid-90s, um, who were very satisfied. They were hurt. They received their apology. There may have been some monetary redress paid to them. Mm. They felt that um, they, were, they were vindicated in the complaint they made. Uh, they're not the people who turn up on the ABC every time there's a story about this. Um, and all you can do is one-on-one... -on -one gently and calmly and as pastorally sensitive as it's possible to be, deal with people one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, and you try and do that. And, and I think that's going to be um, a, a long, slow process. Oh, no doubt about that. Well, Father Brian Lucas, it's been good of you to speak with us. I do appreciate that. Thank you. Thank, thanks very much, Stephen. Father Brian Lucas, for a long time the Secretary of the Bishops' Conference in Australia, a lawyer and the National Director of Catholic Mission. Discover more Open House podcasts at openhousecommunity.com.au.